This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. And it's wonderful to have them with us. And, you know, we've been talking about Zupan's Burger Thursdays and Fridays. Mm -hmm. Thursdays is at Lake Grove and Fridays, I believe, is at McAdam. Mm -hmm. So it's great. You get to walk up and pick your ingredients. But anyway, we've been talking about it and it took a while for the two of us to convince me, to entice me to go out there. Actually go and do it. Yeah. So I did it... uh, uh, ironically, right before a doctor's appointment last week ah. right across the street. Yeah. But um, just you can smell it from across the street. Mm-hmm. They're grilling great burgers. So I was about third on line, not a long line, and, and the burger was ready in five minutes. But the guy in front of me literally starts out with asking everything about everything. After a minute, it was like, come on, man, right. it's a burger. <laughs> So where's the meat from? Do you have any kind of bun other than the one you have? And he hadn't yet seen what the bun was. Do you fry the French fries in oil? What kind of spices and there any added sugars? And then the guy says, ah, just give me a burger with everything on it and I'll take the fries the regular (laughs) way and walks away. After all of that, (sighs) I know you know me with my East Coast. uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have no patients. time for it. You have no time for well, that. Well, I had a doctor's appointment. I had right. to chomp that burger down before right. the doctor's appointment. Yeah. Anyway, burger Thursdays and Fridays outside. It's a beautiful. They have a breezeway down there. It's a beautiful place to sit there and eat. So if you're not able to actually make it to the burgers in the breezeway, you need to just go check out their meat and seafood departments because they've always got great ready to grill favorites that you can find there. And I did this over the weekend for Father's Day. Yes, I purchased my own food. For Father's Day, I thought you myself. Were... Well, we we did go to Ringside, but for breakfast, we always do a big breakfast. Oh, okay, gotcha. I went and got the local. They got the local raspberries. We've been talking about the hood oh, strawberries. Yeah. They got those, but they've been all oh, the local raspberries. My my daughters love raspberries, and Zupan's the place to go for it. They are their produce department is great. But to go back to the fish department, mm-hmm. did you know that if you like something and say, ah, I don't know if I can get to that tonight, they'll just vacuum pack that for you right then and there. Which is great. So, yeah, You do that often when you're heading out to the coast. Right. And meat too. Meat yep. or fish, they'll yep. do that. Definitely a reason for you to check out Zoo Pants today. Three locations, Burnside, Lake Grove, and McAdam. And of course, always, ZooPants.com. It is time once again for Portland's food adventure in the middle. Well, we're not in the middle of July. We're towards the beginning. Well, I like the fact that you're that that we've done. I've done such a good job branding Portland food adventures that you called this Portland food adventure. Oh, did and I just right at the fork? Oh yeah. <laughs> but as long as we're on that, listen, I'm not going to lose an opportunity. No, right. Just two things. Yes. Really, you know, we have to do this for a reason, and I, I we have. We have a couple of seats left to go to Barcelona with Chef Jose. Mm-hmm. We've just tightened up the uh, itinerary. Whether you feel like going or not to Barcelona to hang out with Jose Chesa and go to his favorite places, go check out that itinerary and share it with someone that you think might want to go because we have a great group growing and we have room for a couple more for incredible pop-up dinner. We're going to go to the, a brand-new restaurant of Nandu Jubani's. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool. So portlandfoodadventures.com under the trips tab. That would be the one where we have some space for you. We don't really have space for you to go to Sicily. But we also have space a little bit by the time this this uh, runs on Wednesday at our benefit at Chico to uh, for Kelly Myers. Um, we have over 40 restaurants and food-related businesses who've come and donated gift cards. So for your ticket, you're going to walk out with a big bounty of gift cards. For instance, if you're you're a couple, yeah. If if you came with Randy mm-hmm. and you bought a ticket, uh, the the higher end tickets, you'd walk out with about three hundred thirty dollars worth of gift certificates between the two of you to go to different places. That's kind of that's a hallmark of the Portland food adventure experience. Right, but this is the big one. But this is is the big one, and it's benefiting Kelly. Yeah, 100% of the proceeds for these tickets are going to uh, Chico and Kelly Myers to help pay for her her hospitalization, her medical bills, and her rehabilitation. So she had a massive stroke back in April. Uh, And that's one of the reasons our guest was here today. He called me and said, how do I participate in this? And that would be Clark Hale, from Pizzeria Auto, and he thought, "What a great idea! It's great when our when our guests are thinking of great ideas because you and I are completely out of them." Yep. Um, but uh, 
he thought it would be a great idea to have his uh, pizziolo. Um, I hope I pronounce that right. I never get those things Sounds right. right to Let's me. call my friend Oster. She, she would get it right, and she it would be beautiful to hear her pronounce it. But Sam Reed, um, who just came back from a trip to Naples doing a, a research, because if you read about Pizzeria Auto, and more importantly, go eat it, but mm-hmm. if you... If you know about it, they are um, their example or what they're trying to do is authentic Neapolitan pizza. Right. Now, other people try that. They try different types of pizza, but they're really... Yeah, Portland yeah, spin they on sent, it. They just sent their chef over there to, you know, who's who knows it well to learn a, seven days worth of learning yeah. to, uh, to hone his skills. So we had Sam and... Clark on at the same time. We're talking a little bit about the restaurant. We really like to get into backgrounds, but we went as far back into Nebraska with uh, with Sam hmm. to hear uh, how he got here and uh, how he's enjoying making pizza now. And pizza, as we know, Court, 10 years ago, wasn't a big thing in Portland. There nope. were a couple of decent places. Now it's, uh, it's a hotbed of pizza, and Pizzeria Auto is right at the top of the heap, so... Um, Really a pleasure to have Clark Hale and Sam Reed here with us. Right at the Fork is proud to be supported by Zupan's Markets. For over 40 years, unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to the freshest baked goods, flowers, and more with the delicious emphasis on locally sourced items. The best of the Northwest Bounty can be found at your closest Zupan's on West Burnside, McAdam, or Lake Grove. And at zoopans.com. Eat well, put taste first, love your food. Ringside Hospitality Group. Owned by the Peterson family for nearly 75 years, Ringside Steakhouse has long been a landmark of the Portland landscape. And Ringside Fish House, in the heart of downtown, boasts the freshest seafood and an exceptional wine list. Both serve the world-famous onion rings that James Beard claimed to be the best he's ever had. Visit ringsidesteakhouse.com and ringsidefishhouse.com and make a reservation today. Join Right at the Fork host Chris Angelis for once-in-a-lifetime trips this fall to eat and sip your way through Sicily, Mexico City, and PFA's famous trip with Italo chef Jose Chesa to Barcelona. See the exciting itineraries at portlandfoodadventures.com and find Chris's contact information there too. If you love food and travel, these trips are for you. And make sure to check in on local PFA events. And by San Pellegrino. Iconic, fresh, sparkling water with extraordinary Italian heritage is a refreshing way to enhance any dining experience. Ask for San Pellegrino by name next time you're having a great meal. Ever since its founding in 1899, San Pellegrino has been a premium brand synonymous with style. You must be tired. A little bit. I'm getting back in the groove. When did you get in? Uh, not yesterday, but the day before, mid-afternoon. Oh, so jet lag this way is tougher, though, I think. It's a little different. I, I ended up having to actually work yesterday. I had to kind of cover a... A short shift so that's incredible because restaurant work is generally so light oh, that right? you yeah. don't have to do things like that yeah. real real rigid structured you know yeah. so so i guess the obvious question is you went to naples I did and did you go to the whole region or just the city what? i just stayed in napoli the whole time i was there pretty much all yeah. right so what was i got a couple of i love this that you're just back so it's fresh um what was your objective in going there professionally well, I mean, I went to train with Enzo Coccia, who's a world-famous pizzaiolo. He runs uh, Pizzeria La Notizia, Pizzeria La Notizia 94, and it's a name that I can't pronounce. It's like Sfogliata, oh, that's I believe, pr- that's pr- but it's like a To come on this pizza. podcast, you have to mispronounce something anyway. <laughs> there we go. Mi dispiace, non parlo italiano, ma parlo la lingua di pizza napoletana. I just spent an hour on a, or 45 minutes on a conference call to Italy this morning, not understanding a thing. So you can keep going. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much how it went for me. You know? Lots of uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, that's good. So were you saying, were you nodding yes when you were... Uh, you know, it's one thing to try the pizza, but you're going over there as a chef to learn. Exactly. And it was, I mean, it was very challenging because I've made pizza in what we believe to be the Neapolitan ethos and ideology and technique, but they're very rigid. So 
I had to kind of unlearn everything that I thought I knew and sort of like re redevelop from from point zero, basically, from so the very beginning. It's that drastic. It's not just saying, hey, wow, they have discipline that uh, we need to learn. <laughs> Finger push-ups, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They. I mean, it's one of those deals where you really just have to... It was like a Luke Skywalker Yoda moment. You know, you must unlearn what you've learned. And I... I just did you do to, that? I cleared my mind and I, I did my damnedest. So you know? what do you know now that you didn't know two weeks ago? Um, it's just a lot of very small rigid kind of ideologies, I guess, or, or techniques where it was like, okay, this is why I'm doing this before. And now it's like, oh man, this is, this is not wrong in pizza. It's wrong for Neapolitan pizza. Mm -hmm. You know, there's one way of doing it. And it's like Maestro Enzo said, he was like, you know, this isn't my recipe. We've been doing it this way forever. This is the only way you do it. Mm -hmm. And what was the way, what did you see? That's what I'm curious. What did you see that was that was so di a discipline that you need to that you all of a sudden need to apply? Well, you see, you I mean, you know, there's a lot of different styles of pizza in America, as you know, being from New Haven, um, and there's a lot of different techniques for stretching the dough, for making the dough. Maybe you use a little bit of olive oil. Maybe you use some sugar. Maybe you use a little bit of whole wheat. There, it's always 100%. Uh, you know, type zero zero flour. Caputo is the big brand that they use in Napoli, and I think kind of all over Italy. But it's just like little things, like, you know, always keeping your fingers bent at a certain angle. Like you don't ever break the knuckles. You don't ever break the elbows. It's just lots of very small, rigid, I mean, almost militaristic. I love know? it. It's like baseball. It's like hitting and pitching, <laughs> right? Because every one of those actions, you would think these people have been playing forever. They're still learning along the way. So it's it's similar. Well, the reason I mentioned finger push-ups earlier is it was one of the first things that Maestro Enzo had him do was finger push-ups against the wall to get his fingers strong enough to do the proper technique with pushing out the uh, the dough balls. Yeah, but that has to be done over a period of time. That's not just like, hey, let's do this for 10 minutes right. and you're ready to go. But but he's showing you how he gets how he gets himself there. Well, and, you know, he was really, really, um, he barely speaks English. And so his son, Andrea, was doing a lot of the translating. And um, he was, you know, he kept kind of like telling me, you're doing great. You're doing great. Three days is not enough, you know, <laughs> but I did, I did my dangness. And uh, I think there's a lot of takeaway and our pizza is only going to get better because of it. Oh, that's great. So um, what did they think of, do they even know where Portland is? Oh yeah. There? Yeah. They're um, aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they didn't know much about our pizza culture, but they certainly knew of Portland and you know, they go to the Pizza Expo in Vegas every year, so they, they know, I think, kind of what's... That's what's... the worst place to have a Pizza Expo. <laughs> I mean, it's so dis it's just not genuine, right? We need The Pizza Expo should be in New York. I mean... I think the convention space versus, you know, a central location is probably the, the impetus behind having it there. How many people go? And is there a lot of, hey! hey. I haven't been. We're oh. actually hoping to go this year, uh, or, this, you know, this coming year. We spent our travel budget on going to Italy instead of going to Las Vegas. <laughs> so how often do you go to Italy? How uh, often is that? Tra what kind of budget do you have annually for this kind of this was my professional my second, research? This was my second trip. Great. Yeah. And my third since we've opened auto. I think it's important. You know, I think it's really important to, to get over there and, re, you know, re-familiarize ourselves with what it's all about, why we're doing this, what the vision is, what sort of our platonic ideal of pizza is, et cetera. I think one of the beautiful things about food is that that's the kind of research that a restaurateur and a chef can do. Do you are you a, are you a chef? Do you consider yourself a chef? Clark? No, no. Passionate, okay. passionate home cook, passionate food lover, uh, and somebody that loves hospitality and really wanted to do this thing. So, so and Sam wasn't your opening pizziolo. No, um, and so. Um, was was that a move to elevate it? Was it an opportunity yeah. you needed to fill a spot? I mean, How did that it was a number of things. I mean, it's as you well know, it's it's a, the industry can be somewhat turbulent, and there's like lots of change that happens. So we started out with uh, um, with a fella, and um, and we worked with him for about a year. But he he had other projects um, that he wanted to pursue. He had a, um, a mobile pizza truck that he wanted to get going, and. Uh, 
Justin was his name. And then um, I was going to say, if you didn't mention his name, then it meant it didn't end well. Oh, no, no, no. It was fine. Oh, Justin's okay. a great guy. Um, and then uh, Joey um, Chimko, who uh, now runs uh, Nonovo. He was uh, over in Vancouver. Okay. Um, he run. He was our uh, chef for um, about almost a year, um, but he had that. Uh, he had that stuff going. He was an amazing, amazing cook for sure. Uh, really knew his stuff. Um, but he had a, uh, his own his own things going on and uh, wanted to to open his own place. And that's when uh, I met Sam. And uh, Sam really impressed me with his background and his passion and what he's been doing. And he was super stoked about what we're doing. And um, so one of the first things we did was go to, to Naples, actually, because I wanted him to have that sort of, again, that platonic ideal of what pizza can and should be uh, sort of burned and, into his and, mind. And of all food cultures, Italy is, you know, everybody's really passionate. Not that they're not in Spain or France, of course, but Italy, there's this whole... I just watched the episode, I don't know if you, I just ran across it on Netflix, and I don't know what it's called, something about continents, but it's Paul Hollywood, the guy who does the Great British Baking Shows, a oh, car I haven't, I haven't seen that one, no. So, uh, he, I watched all three episodes, and one was Italy, and yeah, he was just kept keying on the passion of everything they do, and then you stop and think about the cars that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they may be famous for years ago not running the same way a General Motors vehicle didn't run in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. But, I mean, you're talking Maserati, Lamborghini, sure, Ferrari. So those are kind of interspersed with the, the whole food culture. And we're going to Sicily in a while. And uh, have you ever been to Sicily? I've not been to Sicily. Oh, man. So I view, I've just been there once for a few days, and I'm going back this fall. But I view the rest from what I, I haven't traveled enough in Italy. But at least the Florence area and Tuscany, I've been to Rome. That's Europe. That's European Italian. Sicily is just Italian. Mm-hmm. However, ironically enough, it's got this mix of all these other cultures. The North African culture. Yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. But it just feels, they don't, you, you don't get away with speaking English there as well as you do, say, in Florence. You can't. You don't do that. I think and Napoli it, is more similar to Sicily than it is to the north, for sure. It's it's a, it's a you know muscular port town. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely a place where there's a lot of waves of migration have come through over the centuries and even millennia. And so I think it's got that more that southern Sicilian style feel to it. Um, but it's still a you know a real cosmopolitan big city with. So I'll ask both of you, both of you, what got you interested in pizza enough to open a an authentic Neapolitan uh, pizza well, for, restaurant in Portland? For me, it was just like when I was in my early 20s, I was back backpacking through Europe. And that was like five years ago? Yeah, right? right, exactly. This is, uh, God, 20, <laughs> 30 years ago now. Um, but, uh, you know, had pizza over there, and my mind was just blown. And I basically had been trying to recreate that experience ever since and never really... At home. At home or anywhere, like going out to eat, trying to find places where they were doing pies like that. And, you know, occasionally I would hit a place that was pretty good, but it was it was few and far between. And, you know, I I love all styles of pizza, but that was the style that I originally sort of fell in love with and didn't feel like was particularly well represented here and made a lot of pizza at home. Uh, and uh, was trying to replicate that. And, and I, to be honest, at first, I thought I was going to be the chef. I, in my plan, I was going to be the chef. But about three months before I opened the restaurant, I was like, what am I, crazy? Yeah. <laughs> well, plus the energy I, you level, know. you're not in your 20s and 30s. Right, you, exactly. need, you need exactly. a lot more energy. Well, and I know how to this make... This guy looks like he has, right? He's, yeah. got, he's, he's slim. He's working off the energy, right, Sam? You know... I just try to keep moving. <laughs> that's, that's the goal. Always, that's it. Always just, learning, moving forward. So we met, you just reminded me, we met, uh, jo- that had to be eight years, Pro- no, probably six, se- six, six or seven, seven years yeah. ago, judging a, was it a cocktail contest? No, it was the Burger Brawl at the Hop and Vine. The Burger Brawl, <laughs> I can't remember. That, that actually led to me taking over the kitchen at the Hop and Vine. Um, oh, it did? Yeah, Yetta had just sort of like rearranged her kitchen staffing. And we were talking after the brawl because I was, you know, we, it was you, me, and a couple other folks that were judging. I'm trying to remember while I was in the bathroom, I was trying to remember who was there. I believe it was maybe Jacob Leonard that works at Breakside. Yeah, well, that I, um, I don't remember. 
or but, a, his wife April. I know that they were judges one of the years with me because I judged it the next year as so well. So what qualified you as a judge? Because I have no idea what qualified me. Hey, <laughs> you know, if somebody tells you you're good enough, just run with it. So <laughs> what, what were you doing then that they asked you? Or were you? Um, I was the chef of Cassidy's downtown at that point. Okay. I was running. I ran that kitchen for I think five or six years. Oh, nice. And uh, yet I'd initially uh, pig Sean Temple, who had run. You know, Acanto and Palais down in Dundee, and uh, where'd he go now? Alu, he he's in Idaho. Is he? Yeah, he's running the kitchen in a uh, a distillery brewery there. So he was a really nice guy. So he vacated Acanto, uh, which brought Eric Van Clay in there. Just exactly. To get circular, but he also, I noted, um, I do a little bit of research for this podcast. Um, <laughs> He had called you the best unknown chef in Portland at the time. Yeah, so he, uh, either you guys were just great friends, or I think it's a little of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, well, that's that's a high compliment I, because I sure appreciate he was, he was talented. Yeah, he's a hell of a guy, right? Um, but so he had been pegged to do it uh, to be the judge, and he had to back out. And so he told Yetta, he's like, "Hey, this guy, you know, knows his stuff. You should have him cover for me." And I guess the rest is kind of just history, as they say. Have you found? Have you judged judged anything else since? Because I find that often it doesn't really matter. It's just a fun endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. It's I like mean, my votes don't count. Well, you don't have to. I don't think you have to necessarily be. That's one of the great things about food judging is we all eat. You know, it's like it's part of right. our inherent perpetuation of life. So anybody can be a judge of food to some level, you know, and that's like what we try to do with pizzas. We're, we're not trying to, you know, distance ourselves or elevate pizza from anything that it is. It's. It's not pedestrian, but it's not hot cuisine. It's it's food for the masses, and we really like embrace but, that. And you, you can't know? please all the people all the time. Oh. And no matter what, I believe this about food critics, although they get a little bit of credibility because they're eating a lot. But I also think everybody has different palates. So I get really kind of pissed off when a food critic... Uh, What's the word I'm trying to think of? When, when they write something that discourages people from going to a restaurant because of their palate. A personal proclivity. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. And especially with pizza. You know, I, I come from an area where um, charred pizza is what everybody's looking for. And out here, I'm sure you have the experience of having people say, if it's just a little overdone, it's burnt. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. That's... The whole deal, but mm-hmm. but out there, there they have uh, it's cornmeal, a little cornmeal on the bottom, so it's a different char than you get mm-hmm. for Neapolitan. Absolutely, pizza. and you know I've eaten uh, a pizza shoals and red sauce, and you know I mean I I understand that that type of pizza, and I love it absolutely. It's just not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so, where did you have your first experience with pizza, oh. young man? <laughs> You're gonna laugh, but I both worked at Pizza Hut. And Little Caesars. Perfect. (laughs) I don't think you're the first Little Caesars person we've had on the podcast, too. So I have to look back. I forget who it was. You know, Little Caesars, springboard to greatness. (laughs) Where was that? That was in North Platte, Nebraska. Well, that's all you had. Yeah, West Central Nebraska is where I'm from originally. Wow. So did you... (laughs) That didn't turn you off to pizza forever? No, not at all. It actually, I mean, you know... in kind of timeliness is about that same time I read Kitchen Confidential. You know, my dad was managing bars and restaurants. I started working at a steakhouse. You know, it just kind of, there's all these little pieces that brought me to Which be one the does chef in I Nebraska. am today. You know, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and, but pizza wasn't, so what, what caught you about pizza to get where you are today? What well, was the, it's funny because my, that, that would be the right at the fork moment, yeah. by the way. <laughs> exactly. So uh, a friend of mine, Eric Moore, has made pizza all over Portland and he was working for Clark or still is. He still works for us um, at the time. And he's, I had been eating their pizza and I was like, man, I'd never really had Neapolitan pizza. And it, it sort of like started growing in me, you know, and I was working at American local at the time. And then Clark approached me and, you know, I've been making pizzas on happy hour menus, grilled pizzas, staff meal pizzas, but I'd never really gotten into pizza as you know, not only a career, but a lifestyle. Cause it really is Fall, you know, going to sleep, thinking about it. you. Man, so many days now. It's I mean, because every day is different. The weather's different. The temperature's different. The humidity's different. And so after Clark approached me, I really just sort of dove headlong into into pizza, and that's I'm still swimming downwards, you know. I think that's a I think that's a cool endeavor because there are a lot of different ways you can go, and you're young. You you know someday you're going to be saying that pizza uh, pizza era was pretty cool. I'm older than I look. 
All right. How old are you? I'm 38. Oh, that's a good age. That's way younger than I am. So I'm not, you know, it wasn't long ago that I looked at 38 and said, oh, now, now I'm like doing easy math. You know, it's like half plus a little bit. <laughs> so, Hey, Chris, right now would be a great time to talk about one of our great sponsors here at Right at the Fork, the Ringside Hospitality Group. Yes, which en- encompasses Ringside Steakhouse. It's been around for over 75 years in the Peterson family. Mm-hmm. And also Ringside Fish House, uh, a little less time over right off of Director's Park, uh, which is a really special place. Court, last night you were there, I was there, we were in separate rooms and we didn't know it. Yeah, we, we kind of put it together after the fact. My wife posted a picture of uh, me and my girls, I went there for Father's Day. Right, and I saw 545 and I said, well, no, that's just about when we were there. Yeah. But we missed you and we could have gotten all the kids together. What fun that would have been. It, so we are with my sons for... Father's Day, getting a little dip into the all-day Sunday happy hour, Yeah, some calamari, some um, steak bites, and then we also ordered, what I've gotten into lately over there, yeah. is uh, king crab legs. Oh. It's with a little drawn butter. So we had that, we had some I thought prawns. you were going to say the donuts off of their... Off of their oh, we had that oh, you too. had that too. <laughs> we didn't miss that. So we had donuts and we had chocolate cake for dessert, yeah. but uh, my uh, we went for Father's Day and uh, it was a nice way to spend it. It's really Sundays are good because it's all-day happy hour. Right. And then, of course, on Mondays, we, I've discovered the Dollar Oyster Mondays, too. Which is great. You can just oh, yeah. sit down and get a dozen oysters for 12 bucks in Portland, Oregon at, from the Ringside Fish House. Come yeah. on. My, my wife, Randy, woke up this morning and wants to go back to the fish house to get those oysters because they were so good last night that she got. How many did you order? You didn't order I didn't, I didn't order the Dollar I wasn't, Oyster Mondays. I wasn't, Mondays. No, I wasn't feeling oystery on, on uh, Father's <laughs> Day, so I went a different route. I went with the crab cakes, which were really, really good. Okay, yeah. Uh, she, but she did it, and uh, yeah, no, we're, we're already making plans to go there without the kids because we, we you got to do that sometimes oh yeah well i was except for last night right i well now i go with my sons yeah. once in a while there your, your, your sons are older than mine right and because we're talking about kids you we have to be uh we have to balance it out a little bit yep the sister the brother or the sister ringside steakhouse that's great too yep. and you're gonna find a happy hour there after nine if you care about happy hour just let you care about saving a little money but also, um, there they have their prime rib Mondays, which we did. Yep. Um, and I'm thinking about that because we record on Mondays. Uh, yeah, you can find out all the uh, specials going on. They, they they display very nicely on their websites. So it's ringsidefishhouse.com, ringsidesteakhouse.com, which is also where you can go to make reservations. Uh, did you have any particularly awesome... I know you did the last week in naples some pizza that stuck with you that maybe might be have a little influence on you going forward oh absolutely i mean i had a pizza at uh sorbillo so gino and toto sorbillo uh world famous pizzaiolos uh line out the door every single day they just opened one in new york maybe a year ago maybe a little longer than that um but it's just it's rock star status for these guys they're you know all over the world all the time um can their pizza be the same in new york using different Different ingredients. I don't than think it, would it can be. be the same, but I imagine they're importing most of their ingredients. The water is what changes everything. I mean, mm-hmm. as everybody knows with pizza, with ramen, with beer, anything, anything, any conjunction like that, the water is is what's crucial. So I'm not sure their pizza is the same, but I imagine they're still following the Neapolitan ethos, and that's, you know, that's enough. But I, I have a, I have a funny like comment on that. So when I was training with uh, Enzo. He said, you know, their pizza is good, but they make too many pizzas. They're too busy to make the kind of pizza that I make. <laughs> and I don't think it was a slam so much as it was just like a, we're different. What we do is Well, different. and for context, it doesn't uh, Enzo do about 400 pizzas a night? Yeah, and, and I think <laughs> so, Sorbillo does about a thousand pizzas. And then what do you do for context? Yeah. 200, 250 sometimes. Oh, well, that's not, that's not, that's yeah. no slouch. Not nothing. And then, yeah. you know, there's a... Antica da Michele, which is one of the oldest pizzerias in Napoli, it, famous from uh, Eat, Pray, Love, which I've never read or watched. But um, And their pizzas, it's very good. It's very simple. They only do three pizzas. They do a pizza marinara, pizza margarita, and pizza margarita plus, which I believe has either... Extra cheese. Is, it's uh, just yeah, it's extra, extra cheese. cheese. It's double cheese. Yeah. So but it's tomato sauce, yeah. cheese, or double but cheese. But it's, uh, it's not the mozzarella that most people would be familiar with. I mean, it's the it's the really good mozzarella. Yeah, yeah. They use yeah. they. I mean, traditionally in Campania, they use mozzarella di bufala, right? Which is water buffalo, right? You know, and most Americans, it's hilarious. We actually get this all the time. Is that buffalo mozzarella spicy? It's just <laughs> just like, because I think it's buffalo, <laughs> buffalo wings. wings. Yes, exactly. And you're just like, oh, 
how do I even approach this question? <laughs> oh, you have you have to come up with a pat answer. Right. For instance, when I was um, in college, I worked at the Grand Canyon at the gas station. We used to have people. It happened a couple of times. People would pull up and say, "Can you tell us where the faces in the rocks are?" In the Grand Canyon. So I would say, you know, back a thousand miles, bang a left. Right. You just have to have that. Just I know that's a non sequitur to what we're talking about, but you have to have that pat answer for the dumb well, question. Well, I grew up uh, south of Mount Rushmore. I've been there a number of times, so that's pretty hilarious to me. That is one of the most beautiful areas. I agree. The Black Sleeper Hills are areas. Yeah, true story. But the Sylvan State Park, that we did, I did cross country trips with my kids. Oh, nice. And we went to. Major League Ballparks, Sylvan State Park was my sleeper spot that year. That we did it two years. That was the, that was the sleeper of the year. So you're lucky to have grown up there. And and the hills of Nebraska are more surprising. Uh, Kansas is just flat, but Nebraska's got some beautiful rolling hills. Absolutely. And, and I did. Um, someone just wrote me and said, "Please stop talking about yourself." <laughs> <laughs> and they're right. But uh, but I want to talk about Nebraska, where you grew up. Um, I did um, 115 miles an hour once between Grand Island and uh, Alliance. Ah. I can't believe I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Does so, everybody do about 115 between those towns? I most mean, of the time? if you don't see any cops, you can keep the pedal to the metal. Well, yeah. so I had a radar detector, and I'm generally a faster driver. I've slowed down a lot since I've lived in Portland. But there was a uh, Trans Am that just blew. I was doing about 85. Blew me, but blew by me at 115, and I just all right. I'm gonna. He's in front of me. I'm gonna keep <laughs> up with this. And Volkswagens, it was a Volkswagen, are made to do that in Germany, right? Sure. Exactly. So that was. I had so much fun in Nebraska. Do you remember it as a really fun? It's very different than Portland. So, you, what you grew up with and what you're living now are two very different things. Fun is a strange word. I mean, you know, there's lots of cows, lots of corn. Used to go do a lot of fishing, skateboarding. Pretty driving combines, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't drive any heavy machinery back then. No. Um, and what got you out here? I well, I've been living in Colorado, uh, working at a restaurant in Vail called Sweet Basil. Um, it's been one of the most popular restaurants in Colorado, many many years running. Um, I heard a story that uh, oh, what's his name? Andy Ricker worked there before I did, but I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't hear it from anybody at Sweet Basil. I heard it through the grapevine here. But anyway, great restaurant in Vail. And I started dating a woman from Portland. And uh, we moved here. And are you still together? Uh, we are not. Oh. No, no. Oh, that's too bad. But hey, look, great thing. Right. Totally. Serendipitous. She brought us Sam. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and, um, she, and she brought me to Portland. And I thank her for it still, you know. And when you got to Portland, did you fall in love with it immediately? I had visited a few times before. Right. And I had been wanting to move to San Francisco at the time just because it was a little bit more of a culinary hotbed. I mean, Portland was up and coming. So what year was this? I think this would have been 2005. Yeah, that's when I moved here. It wasn't yeah. really, it was just blossoming. It was just starting then, well, I think. You know, I think your, your next guest, um, I think he actually won his James Beard Award the next year. Yeah, but you're going to confuse people because the... Uh, oh, actually, it uh, is going to go in sequential order. Yeah, well, there so, you go. Yeah, there you go. Chef, mm. if you're listening this week, then next week is Gabriel Rucker. So um, that's going to be pretty cool. So yes, it's very so, rare we run in sequential offer, uh, order. So thanks for being a promotional vehicle. <laughs> I wouldn't, wasn't going to call you a tool. Hey, <laughs> I'll, I'll take what I can get. You know, I'm, I'm pretty humble. Um. But yeah, he that's no, he moved here a little before that. But he was I think but he when he actually won the best chef northwest, he was pretty young. Yeah. So I think it would have been like oh six or oh seven. Right. So I know I know that it was like right after I moved here because I remember uh, talking about it. You know, the woman I moved here with worked at the Heathman, you know, for a long time. She worked at twenty three Hoyt, like she was a chef as well. Right. Um so you know, you kinda get in that buzz world and I think Pigeon was oh seven. Ah. So that probably mm. was when he when he nailed it right when he opened that up. But mm -hmm. it's a pretty incredible story he has. I can't, oh, yeah, can't sure. wait for that interview. Quite a talent. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading this morning. He doesn't... Um, I did an interview with... I was reading my interview with him that I did five, four or five years ago. He doesn't use recipes. It's all in the shower, you know, that he thinks <laughs> of things. Which is pretty incredible based on how complex his dishes are. And then the other aspect that he, that he said that makes him... A better chef is removing things, so filtering and... That's the real truth. I mean, simplicity is 
simplicity is harder than complexity in some ways because you have to you limit yourself. You're like, okay, I'm only going to do this. And we talked about that. Actually, Clark and I were talking about that yesterday where like, you know, Italian food, it's like just a few great ingredients. And what else do you need? Improper you know? technique. Yeah. Technique. All right. And I, I found the, after moving out here, the Italian food is just not as simple. Like I was used to going to a lot of restaurants and seeing the same menu pretty much everywhere. Right. Veal scallopini, eggplant parmesan, mm -hmm. and you, you just. Well, but there's, there's simple and there's simple. I mean, one of the things that we often run into uh, is um, people not knowing. So there's, a, there's a pie that I think of as a very representative pizza that's on our menu, uh, the Via Tribunale, um, and it's broccoli rob. Mm -hmm. Uh, mozzarella de buffalo and uh, uh, smoked house-made sausage that we do. So, so broccoli rob sausage. You gotta smoke it. You have to smoke it. Yeah, well, it's delicious. In Italy, and, they would call it salsicce friorelli. Yeah. And would they smoke it in Italy? I just think this is a Portland thing that every damn thing has to be smoked. Well, we call it smoked because we cook it in our pizza oven with the fire going. It's not overly smoked. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're not, not taking it out back. And, no, no, and, we're not. We're not running it in a in a Coleman or whatever. Okay. Or, a so, or something. But know? my point is just that it's relatively simple. It's really just three ingredients: broccoli, mm -hmm. rob, sausage, and mozzarella de bufala. But uh, folks don't think of that as Italian food. They they're right. like, oh, this is weird. What is this? Like broccoli on pizza? That seems weird. Or it's completely Italian. Every ingredient on there is you know, Italian. Sam does this beautiful pie that's that's mortadella and pistachios. And I mean, that there's is a just beautiful nothing thing. more Italian than that, but it still throws people sometimes. So, you know, simple doesn't have to mean eggplant parm. It can, you know, if you if you go to the go to the source, uh, the the ingredients are are actually there's not too many of them. I think that's the thing. It's like you don't overdo it because then you lose track of each one of those ingredients independently. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually talk a lot about how Italian food and Japanese food are actually pretty similar because so. perfect ingredients perfectly prepared, simply presented, and not too much hoo-ha, if you will, right. you know what I mean? That's actually very similar between Italian and and uh, How do you spell hoo-ha? <laughs> I think it would be H-O-O-H-A-W. Or just oh, A. You could put the I'd put the W on the ha. I'd leave out the W, but that's just me. That's you probably know? my Nebraska, you know? Like, hee-haw, hoo-ha. Yeah, no, it's a good term, though. I like <laughs> it. Um, but I have, when people order at your, at, Pizzeria Otto, are they ordering, is it always one of the prescribed pizzas? Or I'm so used to, you know, before I got here, it was like sausage and onion. That was it. That's mm -hmm. what I ordered. I, if there was a special thing, no, 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 that's for other people. I just want my sausage and onion and maybe mushroom once in a while. Right. So what percentage of people are ordering your, I guess, quote unquote specials? Well, at the end of the day, we just like hope that people really trust us. They're like, okay, they're probably putting this together because they know what they're talking right, about. Right, and that's right. The, that's what one would normally think. But you also but have this uh, idea when it comes to pizza that, oh, I can do whatever I want on my pizza because, you know, the chain pizzerias are like that. It's like, oh, I can get sausage and mushrooms and bell peppers and, you know, and, and I support that in, in that type of pizza. Our pizza's fairly delicate, that putting too many things on it just, it gets cluttered it's you know. oh well, that's what kind of what i'm getting at putting too many things on it gets right. cluttered i you know just a, one or two ingredients well, like to you me. said sausage and onion we from with pretty regularity uh run like a pizza amatriciana which is just a guanciale and onion mm -hmm. you know and it's that that same thing it's simple you get the salt you get the fat you get the it's onion delicious you know. <laughs> it's, it's perfect and then my other beef with pizzas and it's not yours but my other beef with pizzas when I got here was just the cost versus the number of ingredients on it. I mean, there's one place that shall remain nameless when I first went here, but $25 pizza and there was like one piece of sausage on all eight yeah. slices. And yeah. that to me was blasphemous. That was kind of well, like... Well, you know, I mean, honestly, we we try and strike a good balance between the origins, the sort of working class origin of pizza. Like you, we were talking about Damichele earlier in uh, Naples. Mm -hmm. Three different pizzas. I think the most expensive one is five euros? Six euros. There six you euros, go. You know? So, and, and that place has been around f since 1860. So right. it's like 150 years old, something right. like that. And they've been doing it like this forever. It's a working class food. It's always been a working class food. And... So we, again, try and, and strike that balance. I want 
everybody, you know, we, we're out on Sandy Boulevard, 67th and Sandy. So we're kind of out in the sticks by the standards of the Portland food scene. And and the, the thing is, is I want everybody in that neighborhood, no matter whether they live in Irvington or where they live out on 122nd and something, to be able to come in and enjoy our pizza and afford our pizza. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the key. And that's why it keeps me away from pizza a little bit in Portland. So when I had a little family and we would get pizza, a large, I mean, like a really large one, it was like $11. So that was my yeah. mindset. Now, right. then I have two teenage boys and to go out for pizza when everybody doesn't like the same thing, right. now you now you got to order two, right? And maybe I'll get a beer. It's seventy bucks sure. for three people to have pizza. So that the way, is a the way totally we, different experience. The way that we do this, I mean, basically we run we run a happy hour all day for lunch. It's our happy hour special. Six bucks for a whole margarita pizza, which is like. Mm, 12, 13 inches, you know, nice. about like yay. So that's, it's like, that's Tommy Kelly, right? You know, that's, that's the, the working class origins. But at the same time, we're in Portland. We've got amazing bounty. We've got truffles at certain times of year. We've got wild mushrooms at all times of year. So we're using the bounty of our, of our region and, and we can't charge six bucks for that. And, and so, it's more expensive exactly. than, than the Cisco stuff that they were buying in Connecticut. And it's also 2018, right? So things. Have so gotten. and the thing is, is that uh, you know the the six dollar pizza during lunch. Let's face it, is a bit of a loss leader. I yeah, mean, we're, it's we're, be. we're 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 bringing people in with that, and uh, and at dinner, you know, Sam puts together a special that's like. I mean, we just. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think we've ever done a pizza over twenty dollars that didn't have either black truffles, right, or some sort of you know vastly expensive ingredient on top right. of it. But that's, that's the thing. We still want to be able to offer that, and and you know, if we've got black truffles handy, you're damn right we're going to want to use them. We're going to want to do a, a good pie, but we got to charge for that. And well, I think and that's, that's all. That's fair, cool because you know? someone who wants black pr- truffles understands you're going to pay <laughs> right, for totally, that too. Totally. So that's totally cool. Um, we can't. Continue a pizza discussion for me without discussing white clam pizza. <laughs> um, I just had one the other night. Nick at uh, Pizzeria Solago in uh, Lake Oswego. They had yeah. one on the menu. Nice, twenty-two dollars. Which shells or no shells? We got to talk about this. I too. wouldn't have ordered it if it was shells. I like so that. I will I like not order the <laughs> shells. I just think that's insane. I had Brian Spangler, you know, on the podcast, and we discussed that, and yeah. I was just like. Praying, someone who <laughs> does such a great job with pizza, try it, please. Well, see, I had had it with shells over in Italy a couple times, and I loved it that way because, like, you. Of course, here's the big difference. In Italy, you eat a pizza with a knife and fork. Makes a lot more sense when you're eating it with a knife and fork. Right. If you, you know, obviously you can't. But here eat a they slice. do too more than New York or New Haven, and that's yeah. a, that's okay. You can eat pizza however you want. But right. my issue with the shells is pretty simple, which is the, you can't eat them. Well, you can't eat them. So, but, so the pizza comes. Try. Now, pizza, you will agree, in its highest uh, state is when it just comes out of the oven and you put it down. So now I've got to stop, deal with shells, take all the clams out of the shells, pour the juice that could have been baked into the crust, right, onto the pizza, do something with the shells, and now I've got clams that don't stick. So when I pick it up, they're moving around. I'm on your team with this one. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a full fan of no shells. Yeah. So, yeah. and I've, I've 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 backed off. I've you know. But so the she- thing is, I've Sam's learned in chef, Portland, nobody, except for now uh, that I know of. I don't know everything. I don't. I know. I don't know most things. But Tommy at Pizza Jerk has a clam pizza on the menu, and that's I. I thought that needs to be done. Someone needs to leave it on the menu to let it bake. In consumers' hey. minds, so that you could, yeah, so that you could, they could get a feel for it. Well, we but everybody I knew would to... put it on as a special for like here and there, right. and you're not going to get people all of a sudden who get married to it when right. it's only on Monday nights once in a while. We actually had it on our menu for about a year, year and a half, but it was the one with clam with the with the shells on. Now we had we, per per what you were saying about people becoming married to it. We had people that were devotees, and when right. we took it off the menu, we definitely disappointed a, a few folks. But, um, you know, I could see it coming back on some well, point. So my feeling is, and again, not to talk about me hey. again, but but relatively speaking, there are how many pizza places in New Haven, Connecticut? There's got to be a couple hundred. And the, the clam pizza is the thing there. And people travel from all over to have it. And you have the, the big ones with lines out the door at 4 o'clock. And that's mostly for clam pies. So if it can... 
take there, I never understood why in this food culture someone wouldn't give it a real shot and have a take here. Now, uh, the Crown was doing it for a little while, and he played around with the recipe and kept changing it, and now it's off. And I didn't, I, well, it didn't surprise me. It's like, if you left it the way it was when you first started this, it would have been great. But I only had a pie at Crown once, and it was right after they opened. I need to get back in there. Yeah, well, they, uh, they've changed it up a little bit. So um, I loved it. I just was sad. I said to my friends, well, they keep changing this clam pie. It'll never, it'll never catch on <laughs> if you keep changing the recipe. <laughs> Sam, I, I think like, this is basically a long hard sell for us yeah, to put right, a clam right. pie on the menu and leave it there. <laughs> hey, man, Scotty brought one in. Really? So, yeah, he, nice. made, he made one for us. So uh, that was pretty cool. I'm, you know, it's, it's the only thing I miss. So, and, and it's, again, it's not about me, but there are a lot of people who swear by it and we have such a food culture and no one is, a, no one is t- tapping into that. I think I asked Billy from modern, if I could participate with him in moving, opening a modern pizza out here, which by the way, they served at Safeway, Safeco for a while. He wouldn't put really? the modern name on it. It was Billy, it was Pastari's or something like that. Huh. Um, and that, that did pretty well, but I think... But he also cited the water and the ability to have a uh, coal-fired oven would be a little difficult in Portland, Oregon. Well, I think, you know, back to the clam thing is that we're so lucky here is because it's not just, you know, steamers. We have horse clams and gooey ducks and, you know, I think you could, you could really like invest in this sort of like local bounty of clams, Mm -hmm. you know, because the seasons kind of overlap and... I, I think that you're onto something. Our friends at San Pellegrino would like to shine the spotlight on Hot Yai. Hot Yai is Paddy and Longbon chef Earl Ninsom and barman Alan Aquai's popular, fast, casual, buzzy spot in the Vernon neighborhood in northeast Portland. Named after the southern Thai city of Hot Yai near the Malaysian border, you'll find their famous fried chicken, which can be ordered in a variety of delicious ways, and a host of other favorite foods from southern Thailand. While plenty of critics and diners have taken notice of Hot Yai's many authentic offerings, the Oregonian's Michael Russell proclaims their house Malay curry alone a small wonder and capped off as many praises of this Portland gem with a great four-star rating. Whether you like spicy foods or not, Hot Yai is a fantastic Thai choice in Portland, which is now known as one of the United States' best Thai food cities. And a great way to compliment any dish on Hot Yai's exciting menu is with a sparkling bottle of San Pellegrino or one of the many tasty San Pellegrino sparkling fruit beverages. Make sure to check into sanpellegrino.com to see where the best chefs in the world recommend you dine. Here in Portland, San Pellegrino suggests you stop in soon to enjoy a meal you love at Hot Yai. That, that's actually a, a good topic um, to segue on as well, because I think that it's worth talking about at least a little um, how we do differ from really traditional Neapolitan pizza. We actually aren't trying to do exactly what they do in Naples. Um, we're not like importing double lot flour. Or we're not importing tomatoes, Samarzanos from Naples or anything. We... In fact, when we went over there, one of the things that I was doing and kind of annoyed Sam, and I don't blame him, everybody we would talk to, I would say, okay, we're in Portland, Oregon. What's more Neapolitan, to ship everything over from Naples or to use what we have locally? And pretty much after thinking about it for a minute, almost everybody agreed that the the really Neapolitan thing to do would be to use what we have here. And so that's really what we're we're trying to do is oh, to... Oh, you could, you could argue that both ways. Oh, you could argue that. <laughs> especially with an Italian, you could argue for, about that for a week. Exactly. But, but, so. uh, but, you know, so what we decided our, our thing is to do Neapolitan-style pizza, but to do it with Northwest ingredients and make it all about... But here's what I would tell you, and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing, mm-hmm. but devil's advocate, yeah. nobody's doing it the other way. There are a lot of people doing it. You're not necessarily perfect Neapolitan pizza, but there are a lot of pizza places using local ingredients. So I don't know of any who who can who are marketing. Hey, we're using. We're only importing things from, you know, Sicilian ingredients. Maybe not in Portland, but certainly in America. Oh, in America, I'm talking about Portland with all this. I call it food Disneyland here. For example, they were using the Caputo. There you go. See, I said I don't know everything. Yeah. Yeah. well, I mean, and how just, are they doing? I don't, I never, I don't hear about them much. Uh, the one, one I used to go to closed. So, oh, there's, there's uh, a Nong's Kalmong guy there now. 
<laughs> well, they're not importing anything from Italy. Yeah. <laughs> that much, that much I yeah. can tell you. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it's a philosophical question at the end of the day. It always comes down to like, well, who do you want to be? What do you want to do? And I think that this is how we want to do it. I mean, we are in the Northwest, and and here's another thing: if we want to have that accessibility that I was talking about with a six dollar margarita, there's no way we could be importing all of our ingredients right. from Italy. It's just I think it would be kind of fun to do that as a special, though. Just like either a special uh, month where everything's everything's being done that way, but then you're or diluting your your kind of diluting your brand. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I understand and what you do. It's it's all about the sort of the vision and and I'm you know I'm close with all of my purveyors. I'd rather that I could call somebody up and be like, hey man, I really need this. You know, and I know I know them. I know where it was made. Right, and, and you're grown. not at the mercy of a late shipment that way. I mean, it's like for example, prosciutto. Um, I don't use a an Oregon prosciutto. I use a prosciutto from Iowa, but the rep from them came in and was like, Hey, we love that. You love our product. You know, here's some hats, here's some stuff. And I, and I think it's one of the best prosciuttos in the world. You know, I've had San Daniela, I've had Parma ham, I've had Iberico and I think they're doing great, but you know, I don't want to get a whole Iowa, Iowa, Oregon pig thing going go. on. Let's, we call, that let's get Eric Bichard <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, phone yeah, right now. That ended last time. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I think, you know, it really comes down to taste. And the reason, other than proximity, but there's a good reason to use local ingredients here because they're they're yeah, so exactly. delicious and they're exactly. so wonderful and and you know we're um, we're privileged to be in an area where we can get everything that we can and have so many farmers markets around too to go pick them up uh, direct from farmers and enjoy this. Absolutely. Well, you mentioned Scotty earlier. So we get tomatoes from like North Central California, and he uses the same ones I do, or at least he used to. I'm not sure if he still is, but uh, him and his pizza. Oh, now you're going to drag him into that whole, <laughs> the, 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 the whole locally sourced. Hey, hey, I love Scott. He's no, a great I'm just guy. Kidding. But yeah, his head, uh, his head pizza, Mikey, and him and I all went down and toured the the factory in California. You know, we talked to the guy who owns it and the guys that grew it, and went walked in the fields, and and if that's not a a little bit Italian in in spirit, at least. Well, and uh, and Vito Jacopelli, yeah, too, yeah, right? Yeah. You've met him down there as well. Yeah, so, Jacopelli? Yeah, that's yeah, he's a, a Neapolitan pizza maker in uh, West Hollywood, I think. Uh, pizza Prova. Wow, that's he's interesting. Real famous on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I, when I was in uh, Hollywood, I worked at the Whiskey, which is as West Hollywood as you get. Uh, there was the Rainbow Room, but they, they had the worst pizza ever. <laughs> in, in just in Hollywood... Generally, and having come from Connecticut, we couldn't get any good pizza, but I'm sure that's changed. You know, that was even pre-Spago. What, so, oh, well, yeah, there you go. I mean, pizza mozza or mo- mozza. Mozza. Nancy Silverton's yeah, place. So yeah, I'm yeah. not familiar with LA. I can't speak to it. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I've been there. It's, it's good. It's good. It's, it's definitely different from what we're doing, but it's really good. So if, if you were to guide a tour on Portland pizza, of course, the first stop would be Pizzeria Auto, and I'm sure. <laughs> but what other places would you tell your friends if they're if someone's doing a great? This is a good episode. Oh, if people listen to what what pizza places. And by the way, I'm going to give you uh, um, the disclaimer that you may not possibly remember everybody that you want to remember, <laughs> right, right. and you can't mention everybody. But if someone were to do a little pizza tour in Portland, what would you? And I, I know I'm putting you on the spot. You couldn't ask this question in New Haven because the guy would shoot you. Like, you, you want me to ask? I'm <laughs> yeah, not answering you come that to my question. Place. Yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 no, you don't go anywhere Which, else. What are you doing? Kind of why I started Portland Food Adventures. I'd never had the experience of people telling you where else to go, but it's common here. It's, well, I think it's a community, not competition sort of you know right. idea. And, Doesn't... And, does Nate at Pips get credit for that, or did he hear about it and he just is the loudest one with that? You know, I I have no, I have no idea. idea. Yeah, yeah. Have to ask him. Hashtag it up. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Have to, you have to get in the hashtag but it's history. And, I mean, I think that he's onto something that's pretty, uh, you know, consistent throughout the Portland food scene. Is people want to help each other out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we'll, no one's wishing for anybody else to close. Right. Except, well, I can mention a couple of. Hey. I mean, Kelly me. Kelly from Chico. She helped me out when we opened. Will from Handsome Pizza helped me out when we opened. Um, and I'm going to point Scotty out a little public service of, announcement here. You talk. You mentioned Kelly. Oh yeah, we're we're doing this uh, benefit for Kelly Myers next week, and you listen to the Liz Davis episode. Got to yeah. do that. So that's July eighteenth. If you listen to this podcast after that, it was a great dinner. Yeah. But coming up to it, you were kind enough. I put a um, uh, an email out to a lot of people. We got like thirty five mm-hmm. restaurants mm-hmm. to participate. 
I don't have everybody in my book. Well, so we're, we're you super came proud before to, uh, and just wrote me and said, "How do I get involved in this?" Yeah. Which was really cool. Which is uh, uh, exemplify is, is example uh, is an example. God, what's with me this morning? It was that bee sting in the <laughs> eye at five thirty in the morning. But yeah, but it's, it's an example of, of how this works. Yeah, because exactly. you were right there with, "Hey, let me give you some gift certificates to help make this a yeah a good well, event." Again, Kelly, um, who you know, before she was at Chico, she was in Nostrana, and she right. knows her way around Italian food like nobody's business. And she gave me so much good advice and so much help. Honestly, the first thing she said to me was don't do it. <laughs> she was like, running a restaurant is way too hard. Well, don't do it. And then, and then when I was like, well, I'm going to do it anyway, then she really like helped me make it, everything happen. And uh, Well, they didn't want to do Chico either. Right, Same yes, reason. Yeah, Let's yeah, not exactly, do this. Exactly. But it, it exactly. Just, exactly. But she's an amazing woman and anything we can do to help her out, just an incredible chef and just the most, most kind hearted person and uh, helpful person out there. So, um, you know, we were pretty torn up when we had learned what happened and uh, wanted to you know, help in any way we can. It's a terrible thing, but you helped and other people can help by coming, uh, buying tickets. I think as of this recording, which is July 9th, so we're nine days ahead of time, we have about 10 seats remaining for that. Yeah. So you buy a ticket to that and you get uh, anywhere between 80 and 160 bucks worth of gift certificates. One of them could be your place and uh, it's a pretty good value and a way to turn all the benevolence from Portland into cash for Kelly, who's dealing... Um, and the restaurant who uh, they're recovering from her massive stroke back in April. Yeah. So I'm glad we were able to mention that. I'm glad you, you're here because you made that phone call. Yeah, that's right. So that's I come right. on the podcast. Hey. So you're all ours. Well, so, and but we, have, we, we need the pizza tour. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, Otto, of course. Um, I love Scotty's. Like I said, I like, I like their Dofino slice mm -hmm. quite a bit. Like that's. Scotty's comes up a lot. I don't know if you. Well, Scotty's like you know he's he's just such an exuberant, wonderful, like passionate. Yeah, yeah passionate pizza, human being, and that comes know, through like, in his pizza. Yeah, it comes yeah. through in everything he does. You know, the right. guy's just a he's a force of nature, really. Um, but so Scotty's is one of my favorites. Like I said, Mikey, his head Pizzaiolo, and I are kind of buddies, and I go in there and shoot the shit with him, have a slice and a beer. Um, what slice do you have there? You like I said, the, said the, the Dofino, the Dofino right, yeah, it's right, like right. the grandma style, or or I guess specials are good. I, whatever, whatever their you know special of the month is, they always have a good pun name, and I'm a huge fan of puns. <laughs> I I adore puns. Like like I should get pun tattooed on my neck. <laughs> you just um, no, you don't just get the word pun. You get all the puns on your whole body. Yeah, right? you just get a bunch of puns. <laughs> hey, there you go. It would be pun. Um, <laughs> where else? Um, I like Blackbird Pizza quite a bit. Um, I try and get all over town. Uh, Chardelle over at Red Sauce is super yeah. cool. She gets coffee at the same coffee shop I get coffee at, so I run into her all the time. I'm, I try to make it in there every couple of weeks. Um, I think their pizza is great. Their crust is fabulous. Um, I like sitting on the patio. Um, where else? Ken's and Shoals. See, the argument okay. used to be, is it Ken's or Pizza, uh -huh, pizza Shoals? Right, right. Now it's a whole I used to thing. live much closer to Ken's and would go in there more regularly. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't been in there in, in a while. The last time I was in there, the pizza was very good. Um, well, both of them. I yeah, mean, yeah. I was I, okay. We were at uh, Pizza Shoals maybe, maybe a month ago, mm -hmm. and had a couple pies, and it was great. You know, the problem with that is I don't like waiting in line. I don't, you know, so I don't always want to be like hitting the really busy spots. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Lovely's is great. Lovely's is lovely, amazing, handsome, amazing. handsome pizzas, awesome. I haven't tried that. Have and to Will do is that. the coolest guy. Too. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, Mikey, that works for Scotty, used to work for Will, I believe. And I'm hoping not to libel anything, but that's. That's what I believe it to be true. <laughs> it's just a belief. It could be fake news, but it might not. <laughs> right, right. We will issue a retraction <laughs> right. if, if we are incorrect. But my next one is uh, Please Louise. I have I'm not good. been in there yet. I was yet. hoping for a sleeper. And, you know... Um, Life of what? Pi is also really good. Yeah, Life of Pi, but no. What are you trying, I'm trying to, to remember his name. Um, had the pizzeria across from me on Division. Oh, Sean Coyne? Sean Coyne, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Sean, yeah. 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 What's, what's Sean up to now? It's, it's, it's not sticking in my brain at all, but Sean is a wonderful Oh, so he's Please Louise? I believe he's involved with the project or gave... I didn't some, know that. I was wondering what happened to Sean, who was Pizza Maria. Maria, yeah, yeah. so right across yeah. the street from American and Local. just one of the right. best humans, too. Such a nice yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. really He was nice another guy. person that gave me some good advice early on. And what was his advice? Well, we, we actually both opened roughly at the same time, and so we basically, as... We, as, as we got off the ground, we would get together and sort of commiserate and talk about uh, challenges and struggles. And, um, you know, one of the things uh, 
one of the things that that he told me is that uh, you w- you want to make sure you have a pizzeria where where people want to bring their kids after a soccer game. And, yeah, there's uh, a lot of revenue know, with a big and, party. Well, and it's not just revenue. It's, it's about, it's again, I think it goes Fun, back to the spirit, the spirit of what a pizzeria wants to be. I mean, it's it's a neighborhood joint. It really shouldn't be more than, an, you know, if kids aren't comfortable, if kids aren't comfortable coming in after a soccer game, then you're probably maybe you've got uh, something going on that's a little too, raising the bar a little too high or Something like that. Well, I'm not talking you know, about bring. I mean, you know, hey, if we have room for a soccer team, so be it. But I'm just saying, like, it's a place where you want to be comfortable bringing your kids. You want to be able to be comfortable. It's it's not a it's not a white linen uh, kind of experience. That's all. Well, I don't think pizza. No pizza. Well, yeah, I won't even. I'm See, not that's gonna, you know, it's like where do you where do you draw the line? Where do you stop? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I was going to say, Nostrana isn't white linen. But it's a high, it's a more elevated restaurant that happens to serve great pizza. Nostrana well, you know, is fabulous. I absolutely yeah, adore the absolutely, restaurant. I, I would absolutely. continually say it's one of my favorite restaurants in the city over and oh, over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Kathy is an amazing person. Um, my buddy Alex bartended there for a long time. I'm I'm in Nostrana probably at least once a month. Yeah, oh, that's and good. their pizza is phenomenal. And it's phenomenal. You, what the after nine you can get margarita for five bucks. Same thing. Same thing. Something like something that. Like something like that. that. So that's a cool thing. Um, you know, P- Life of Pie is solid too. I really like them. Uh, they're they're doing they're doing good pie. I just want to well. go last month for yeah. the. It took me three years to get there after Lisa from Ruby Jewel was here and she said you have to go to Life of Pie. That's right. my, and it took me three years and I. I well, you know, saw here's it. here's the thing, and and this is the thing that I love about pizza in Portland is that every one of those places and all these folks that are in this game, they all have this deep and abiding passion for what they see as their platonic ideal of pizza. You know, everybody has a different sort of idea in their mind of what great pizza is, what it should be, what it can be. And every one of those people that we just talked about are striving with passion and enthusiasm and all they've got to hit that mark. And how many so are that, how many are spending our money on research to go to Italy? I know Kathy is. But yeah, how many of the others? I think she's a little different uh Right, well, she's in a different. But, you know, she's but in some, a different. For example, Scotty, I know, has been all over the U.S. and he maybe he doesn't even want to go to Italy because he's not trying to create Italian pizza. He's right. trying to create New York pizza. He's trying to create New Haven pizza. But or it he's doesn't. To, it doesn't to hurt to Chris Bianco down in Phoenix. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it, it, we are doing what we're doing. We're going to Napoli because we love Neapolitan pizza and we think that. That's a great thing to bring to this city. Um, other people are, are doing their own thing, and it's super cool. Yeah, super cool. I'd love. I wish I was had been there with you because I'll tell you, we did a trip to um, Florence last year, and they were a lot of memorable meals. Mm-hmm. I've never been north of Rome, so yeah, well, I, I need to hit northern and, Italy. And one of these my days. favorite, the, the thing I kept going back for when I had some fair time was was um, Vica del Carme, Carmine in uh, Florence. Their pizza was just. Mm, mm. Fabulous. Have you been to Naples? Uh, when I was 13 years old. <laughs> so I don't, remember, I don't remember yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my objective on that trip was to be able to buy a switchblade and take it home, which you could do <laughs> on a plane right? then, back yeah, then. Right. It's, God, it's funny how that was a long time ago. So, um, so we finished your tour. Pretty much. I mean, Every day changes. Every day something new comes up. I'm like, oh man, maybe I should go to like East Gleason. I haven't been there in a while. You know, we have options here, which is great. You know? Yeah, no, every day some something comes up and I, I've never heard of that or, ha- or I've heard of that and I haven't been. Which well, is and on the other side of the river too, mm-hmm. up in Washington, Nonavo. there's Nonavo is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, there's uh, um, La Sorrentina, Daisuke. Oh, yeah, yeah, La Sorrentina. They're probably the only other place doing Neapolitan pizza. Yeah, and they're a cart. They're a food cart up What's in Vancouver. Called? Uh, La Sorrentina. All right, it's time to do the Vancouver update. We haven't done that in a few years, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of good food going on there. Yeah. All of a sudden. I'll throw one into the mix that isn't in Portland, since you were mentioning Vancouver, um, out in Manzanita. Marzano's Pizza mm-hmm. is, they close their dining room, so it's only takeout now, which is just fine for me, because I'm practically walking distance. I haven't been to Manzanita in a number of years. All right, but that is We'll a, check it out for sure. It's... it's uh, Solid pizza. It's really good. The smell of the sausage and roasted onion in that car is worth 
the pizza itself. <laughs> uh, Just that is worth the whatever it is, yep, 12 bucks yep. for the pie. It's great. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, coming in on fairly short notice, too. Thanks for coming to the four for our uh, Chico benefit. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, I was on the plane when I got the email from Clark, and I'm like, Monday? Monday. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> that was. I appreciate you doing it. It's not, uh, you know, getting guests is really interesting because I try not to book them too far out because you want some, you want to be a little timely, and on the other, and then sometimes you get yourself into a little. Sure. Uh, it's. I always find somebody. It's fine, and I'm yeah really glad you guys were able to come and that we were able to re meet. I didn't make the connection until we. I walked into the. Hey. Uh, it's a it's a pretty small town for being a city, you know, especially it's in the food crazy culture. Crazy small, it really is for a town. Twenty second largest market in the country, and you can run into. I can't go out with running into people I without running into people I know. So, yeah. and now uh, I'll be able to run into you guys somewhere. No, you sure. no you when I see you. So, yep. um, thanks so much. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.